0: Suicide Squad had the second-largest group of eyes of any film premiering on HBO Max last weekend. What remains its most successful film launch to date? A movie that follows a character named Cole Young, played by actor Louis Tan. And the hypocrisy this weekend at Martha's Vineyard, where his own Veep has said, COVID is back, it's on the rise. But he partied with 500 party the night away maskless at Obama's 60th birthday bash. The story. And the hypocrisy is coming up. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act.
1: I'm Preston Thompson. I'm the producer of the My Second Act Podcast, a University of Alabama graduate and the show's Resident Millennial.
2: Now we're cooking. That sounded awesome. That was good. That was like uplifting, happy. Okay, my name's Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. I purchased one of those fancy Theragun things. Do you guys know you know what this is, PT? Okay, so it's like yeah, this gun, it has all these different attachments and you can massage yourself with it. And this thing was not cheap. I mean how, how much eh, did this thing cost? dollars two ninety nine. You know, that type of thing. But this was a birthday present Stop. for Stop. me. For myself, me, myself, and dollars two ninety nine
0: or two hundred and ninety nine.
2: 299 for one gun. You can't get a massage gun for two dollars gun Yes.
0: You didn't get like a like eight in a series, like a DeWalt power tool package or something. No, you got one it, gun for no, two no.
2: It's a very expensive gun. But, anyways, it has all these settings and there's this app you can download and you can run programs on your app. You can be like, oh, I have like TechNeck or whatever. And it you you put the gun on like your neck or whatever, and it runs the program. Here's the problem. I got this for myself for my birthday. Mm -hmm. I'm using it on everybody else and no one will theragun me except Olivia. God bless this child.
0: Our 18 year old daughter.
2: Yeah. Like I've asked you at least five days in a row. Hey, want to theragun each other? You're like, yeah, maybe in a minute.
0: I got things going on,
2: but I'm like in pain and like I've theragun you. I've theragun Charlotte. I've theragun Sally, our dog. I've theragun. Olivia does not want to be theragun. Now she'll theragun me for a while, but then she's like, okay mom, that's it. She's like, the gun's really heavy to hold. So when's it going to come back around my way? Uh,
0: time. It'll be there. I'll get there.
2: What's your problem with the Theragun?
0: What is the average gun session last? What is the, the amount of time?
2: I mean, I would say a good 20 minutes would uh, be good.
0: All right. We'll get around
2: mm-hmm. to
0: it. Oh, okay. $2.99, huh?
2: Yes. All right. But it's my birthday present. So in order for it to be a birthday present, it has to be used on the participant.
0: Okay. We have worked on many many projects together as husband and wife uh, like this podcast twice a day or twice a week rather in the studio here at the Appen podcast network 30 miles north of downtown atlanta beautiful alpharetta georgia but i cannot recall there being as much conflict between us more than there is right now and the reason why is we have a speaking engagement this wednesday if you're listening on upload day tomorrow uh, in atlanta we have Raised three kids together. We have handled million dollar plus radio accounts together. We have produced concerts together We have fought over finances together. We have fallen out of ubers together.
2: But not me I don't know who you're referring to
0: we have and are currently front row for the aging parents tour Mm. together So we we've we've done most everything together for the past 20 years. Why is there so much? conflict circling around the speaking engagement that we have tomorrow
2: because I did not know this until I started working with you. I've I've worked with you in the past, but not like directly with you until we started kind of working on the podcast and, and as you said, some other things you wait until the last minute
0: with certain projects for
2: I everything. That's not true. Now. And it sends me over the edge.
0: Does it? Let's talk, yes. let's talk about this. Yes. Let's do, let's do a dive.
2: Okay. It's like, I cannot go into something blind. Like I need, this isn't like ninth grade chemistry where you wait to the last minute and like, Hey Jim, can I borrow your notes? Like I need to know we're standing in front of people speaking. And the other thing is, it's like, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm setting up the outline. I've got it going on. I'm like, but it's the two of us. So what if I don't want to say what you're wanting to say? So it's like, you're like, I've got it. It's no big deal. And your answer to everything is if you don't want to do it, I can just
0: do it. Is that my answer to everything?
2: It's like the garage. You start the project, mm-hmm. and then it's like you don't finish it. You're a procrastinator. you my truck
0: around if you don't mind?
2: <laughs> you are a, a no. T- I, I, work, I work best
0: under pressure. Not with everything, but a big project like this, I work best under pressure. And and literally planning it out hours before is is the way that that my mind works best for the project like this. I, I've talked for a living my entire life. I could and you have as well. You know no. whether it's yes, you have in sales with pitches and. Things like that. You talk for a living. And so I, what I don't want to happen is for this to become so structured that it's like a a scripted uh, a TV show or something. I want it to be kind of off the cuff. I want it to be much like the podcast. Do we have a run of show every time we're in here? Of course we do. But it's not it's not so tight that there's not room to go off script or, or to go off of the run of show and, and to, to just have conversations That weren't even planned I think those are sometimes The best conversations So You want to go word for word And literally type it out Like a theme paper That's That That didn't didn't, That that didn't excite me Okay didn't excite me All
2: right But I agree with the podcast But that's different I don't see people Like we're in a studio We're talking We're having a conversation If you are standing on a stage And there's However many people And you see their faces And stuff This is like This is the number one fear Of humankind Is standing up and like having to make a speech or something, and not knowing what you're going to say or forgetting your words or anything. So I also think you as a when you work on a team, mm-hmm. you have to also take into consideration how the other team members <laughs> work. Okay, right. and so the other team members may not work best like off the cuff under pressure. And so I get it, but I also don't want it to be so wackadoozy all over it's the place. Minutes. It's th- 45 minutes That's a whole nother thing 30 minutes goes Quick so if you Just start sort of Winding around the Bin then they're Like they start Playing the theme Music to end the Thing and people are Like what the hell Are those people Saying
1: okay
0: well I'm we're we we Are going to be Very prepared and It's going to be a uh, Listen it's free so If we suck just let It go you know but Is um, it free Just We'll talk about That in a minute Okay it's elevate Live 2021 this Wednesday and Thursday a two-day Event at the Grand Hyatt in uh, Bucket, which is where uh, Bobby and Whitney lived, being mm. B- Bobby Brown, wasn't that it? Love that. Remember that?
2: Yeah, they go down to the gift shop.
0: Uh, what are we talking about? Um, listen, as you just heard, we're it's kind, of, we're kind of undecided as we are hours here before we take the stage, but uh, we have an idea. Basically, it's um, it's it's multiple streams of revenue, which is something that, that we had to discover quickly after I was suddenly terminated from radio two years ago, uh, last July, um, went from very soft and 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 cushy. Uh, uh, home with, with with plenty of money to zero overnight and when I say overnight I mean overnight uh, no severance no package no anything and um it was it was the most challenging time that that I think we as individuals and also as a married couple have ever been through fair
2: totally agree okay um
0: so creating multiple streams of revenue like um you know podcasting I, I counted there are 10 different revenue streams coming into our home this month 10 now Donna accounts for most of them um, I do the podcast and book Grateful Dead Tribute Bands every now and then at wineries around town, but um, Wow, okay. I hope that the the uh, the panel Is, <laughs> she,
2: she's, she's is like, more exciting mm, than uh, yeah
0: more exciting than this segment of the podcast
2: Well, it's all going to be fine and it's actually a great topic and and the point of this is and our topic is Everybody needs a plan B always 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 it doesn't matter if you've had a corporate job for 40 years because we had one for 26 years and by the way we had a contract that was a no-cut contract that um we had two years left on so even if you're like ah it's okay I got an employment contract all that kind of stuff you always have to have a plan b and we're not experts at it but we have we quickly learned how important it was and um how to do that so that's what we're going to talk about and i know it'll be great i did we just work differently and that's fine and you stay up to like 2 30 in the morning you're like and then i'll get i'll get home from doing something and you're like it'll be like nine or ten o'clock mm-hmm. and i'm like when are we going to talk about this and you're like let's do it now i'm like at 10 30 like we're just on different clocks right now different time mm-hmm. schedules but it'll all come together all right but it's not going to if you're going to be surly
0: i'm not being surly you kind of have a surly i'm not being surly, surly.
2: yeah not, i think you I'm do not.
0: Turning your struggles into success is the panel Wednesday, 3 30. Is that a good speaking time? Isn't that after lunch when people kind of head for the bars a little at these sleepy. conferences? A little sleepy. Yeah. That'd
2: be good. If they were a little, little, um, liquored up, it's probably not a bad thing.
0: And, uh, the conference, the two day conference is all about elevating your business. So it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's kind of uh, geared towards the real estate industry. It is hosted by Pod Supporter and our good friend Tracy Cousineau, who is a real estate mogul here in the Atlanta market. Uh, Best-selling author and entrepreneur. You're going to talk about brands. Uh, Tracy Kusno probably has a dozen brands right now that, that she works on. I
2: uh, think that's the uh, other clock. thing I'm nervous about, too, is like there are some amazing speakers like her, Hardcore Closer. He's amazing as far as like closing anything if you're in sales. And again, it doesn't just have to be real estate. If you're if you're doing anything in life, I think you know it'll be good. Um, what was I going to tell you? Well, I'll think of it later. I'll right. tell you later.
0: We're together all day. All day. I was scrolling through Facebook and something called mine. We do Facebook fishing occasionally during this. You know, I new you love it. I'm, I, I have heard your feedback and I've taken it in. You you love the Facebook fishing with Cadillac Jack segment. This is not that segment necessarily, but I found a post that I was just like, you got to be effing kidding me. Sabrina wrote, when I see people having a Facebook party with any kind of product, I try and order from them. But whenever I have a Facebook party, very few order from me. <laughs> Not one single person has placed an order on my Tupperware party. Why is that? (laughs) I guess I feel like we can help each other. I have many Facebook friends and not a single person has ordered. I am just very disappointed.
2: And she has a heartbroken emoji.
0: Brenda is calling out her friends on Facebook. Sabrina, that's her name. I'm not going to do her last name. Okay. Calling her friends on Facebook, guilting them into buying Tupperware. Some of the responses.
2: But then these people, yes, read these responses. Uh,
0: Kristen, I'm so sorry. I've been sick. And I haven't had a chance to look. Can you send me the link again? So Kristen buys in to Sabrina casting this guilt.
2: She has to like explain where she's friends.
0: been. Hi, you, yeah. you owe Sabrina anything? No. Holly, the Holly, Holly brings it. You ready? Not a product I need now that I'm not working as much. Love it. Holly says, "Listen, Sabrina, shove your Tupperware up your ass. <laughs> I don't need it, and I don't, I don't want it. Don't need it, but I couldn't afford it right now anyway. Right. Tammy." posts i didn't realize that i had been invited sometimes philip and i would check each other's facebook pages and messages so maybe he looked and didn't accept the invite
2: can well, you
0: resend me the link and i'm happy to to buy some of your freaking that's
2: away. a whole separate issue about the joint accounts yes these joint facebook pages accounts and, and checking messages like i guarantee you old philip checked it and he's like the last thing tammy needs is, is more aware tupperware we're not doing this because next thing you know she'll be like on the hunt for like a cadillac seville trying to get up to that level you know what i mean she'll be like joining the the tupperware crusade okay can we talk about this multi-level marketing stuff i have i am a sucker for mlms Mm -hmm. not anymore i used to be Mm -hmm. okay because as a salesperson i was like you know what i can sell anything so yeah why do i need like traditional advertising advertising which I sold. So I was like turning on myself. I need to use a network of people out there. Get rid of the middleman, you know, to sell all this stuff. And so I had really never been involved with it. I remember the Avon lady used to literally come to the door of my mother's house. And they, she would come in into the fancy um, dining living parlor. room that we you and I have talked about mm. where the like plastic stuff was on the couch and the mints were and like you couldn't touch them. And so she would come in and like put her book out and show my mom all the new Avon stuff. That was multi-level marketing in a very like young infancy stage. So then I joined this multi-level marketing group. And I'm not going to say which one it was. But I made a lot of money. Quick. Shockingly. A shocking So much so. That I got in trouble. Like I was like, oh my God, do I owe this money? Like to the IRS? Like what? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't even, it was just because we flipped it We flipped the MLM. Well, you
0: you redesigned the MLM formula. So basically,
2: I'm not going to tell you what the company was, but we had.
0: This isn't just Sob, like in the first two months, because you you advanced so many. What's that? A car, Sob.
2: No, I didn't get a Sob. Anyway, well, I remember Sobs. I loved those. Um, Okay, so it was this little kit of product. And so what most MLMs did is they would give you like the trial size of something. And they'd be like, you know, it'd be like a little envelope and you could barely get like the night cream out. And they're like, oh, try this. And if you like it, will you order some from me? And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to give them the full kit. And it came in this beautiful gold. Everybody's listening who knows this. The women are like, "Mm, I know what you're talking about. In a zipper bag. Okay. And it had like five full size products. Because what we decided was we're going to give them the puppy. Because guess what happens when you give someone a puppy?
0: You can't turn it down.
2: They don't give it back. So it's like we gave them, that's what we called it. Give them the puppy and people, be, but in order to get the puppies to the people you wanted to buy the product, guess what you had to do? Buy the puppy. You had to buy the puppies. So, and, and
0: so it wasn't a free trial. You had to buy this well, particular.
2: No, the person who was giving it to you. Right. No, I know that. The no, MLM. We bought, or,
0: we bought many, many puppies yeah. during this period. So our,
2: our whole thing was like, because to get to the next level, you basically had to sell eight kits. So or we're puppies. like, yeah, our puppies. So we're like, buy your eight kits and then give them to people. And that already advances you up a level. And then when you give them to the people, then they're like, Oh my God, listen, dude, these products are amazing. So then they buy eight puppies
0: and it continues to grow. And
2: you keep growing and growing and growing, 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 growing. This,
0: this, if you're familiar with MLM, this was uh brilliant. And, and listen, the, the corporate people at this particular uh, company,
2: well, they adopted it,
0: but they did because it in this, this type of um, formula has become the new formula with many MLM operations. Yes. And, and you were the one that flipped it, though.
2: Well, it was uh, me and a bunch of other people.
0: Well, it was a particular team here yeah. in the Atlanta area of like uh, six of you very smart, very, yeah. very smart businesswomen who said, listen, we're not doing that. That, that You're not. You No, we're, we're going to do it this way. And these people at the top of the chains and at a corporate, they, I mean, I remember them calling you and they were like, they were sending you roses and chocolates because they were like, my God, you have reinvented our our, our whole um, structure well, with this. And now and we love it.
2: that's how people do it with Pampered Chef. I mean, you can always buy your way into a level, but basically our thing wasn't just buy your way in. It was buy your way in with the tools you're going to need to buy the next group in. Not just buy yourself because what you don't want to do is like if you're doing Amway or whatever and I'm not calling out any MLM because they all have their pros and cons. But like if you were like, okay, I just need to buy 6,000 rolls of toilet paper to get to the next level. Will that toilet paper sitting in your pantry? Our whole point was there's no inventory sitting here because when you buy those kits, you're moving them down money. the line. You oh. got to move them down the line. Don't open them, don't use them, don't do anything. So I did that for a while and then it just became exhausting. And you know what was the most exhausting part of an MLM is trying to keep up with, like, the compensation level. Like...
0: Well, they want that. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Like, you know, they call them legs. And who's under (laughs) you? And who's over here? And then this team splits off. And then and the next thing you know, you're in Hawaii. And you're doing some presentation. And you're like, honestly? Like, people would ask me questions. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about...
0: Which is troubling It is
2: The compensation stuff All I know is just how to like Sell it and get it to people
0: Buy your puppies And hand them out to your friends And make money in advance Up the pyramid Because that's what MLM is
2: But now I know when I'm getting an MLM pitch. And you do too. Because it's like somebody well, you Sabrina, they're for Well, but the, these people knew Sabrina. But it's like somebody in your kind of circle of friends that you haven't talked to Let's in a have while. Coffee. Yeah. And it doesn't happen to men, I don't think, as mm. much as it I've does to gotten women. I've never done a pitch for an MLM. Um, but I mean, I've been pitched for probably six of them since then. And I'm just like, and now I just have a patent thing. I'm like, listen, I love you, Gina, but I don't do these MLMs. I did one. I was successful. I feel like it's almost like. You had a healthy child and you just move on or, you know, like it's like I can't I cannot do another one of these. Because, you know, like if you saw some like forms and paper come in and boxes, oh you'd God. be like, I'm going to kill you.
0: I didn't say I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Let's be very clear. In your sleep with the pillow. That, that, okay, now, I never said anything near that. Yeah. But it, well, it became frustrating because it, there were just a lot of puppies around the house that you were waiting to, to, to gift to to friends. Yeah. $30 off your first order, dinner or com. The promo code is CADDY2021. today. I've been meaning to do this for like two days and I've just been.
2: I've been and this very is busy. not an MLM, what we're doing now.
0: No, no. no, yeah? I was, no? Listen, let me be clear. We were. Friends friends with Stephanie and Ken Wright who owned Dinner Affair, but but we were customers clients of theirs for years before we we, we in you know we we met up and became friends. And then during the pandemic, I said to, to Stephanie, I said, listen, I think the dinner affair is something that people need to know about is because people aren't going to the grocery store. People don't want to go to the grocery store. There's shortages on on foods and car computer chips and things. And this is just nasty. So let's partner and let's spread the word about dinner affair because you can deliver. Uh, chef inspired, chef created dinners to your front porch. Free delivery in the Atlanta area, and Dinner Fair sh- uh, shops uh, ships nationwide. So it's um, they've been with us because you listening to the podcast have been so supportive of Dinner Fair, and we thank you for that.
2: Well, and as we went into the pandemic, if you remember, it was really hard to find like meat, hard to find meat, hard to find chicken, hard to find things. I am not going to like scare you; that's not the point of Dinner Fair. But we could be heading back in that direction. Who knows? But I will say it's great to get really good food delivered and in recipes that you don't have to put together you don't have to like dig through your cooking light magazines you don't have to get on the internet and go to Weight Watchers recipes you don't have to do all this they put the recipes together for you three four easy steps at the most some of them are one pot dinners and you're good to go Um, we've had a couple the past two days we did chicken and waffles um, we've done, what was the other one? We, we did something. I mean, they've been amazing and we've had four or five people around the table. Olivia's boyfriend's been over. We've sat down around the table. It's felt so good to sit around the table and talk to everybody.
0: And it's not dinner or fair every night, right. but you know, you, you can still substitute or, or, or work with the, you know, the favorites that you cook for the family. Last yeah. night we did breakfast for dinner, which there is no hustle, like a breakfast for well, dinner yeah. hustle yep. when you're the one cooking. Uh, but Dinner affairs there when you need a meal to, to sub or, or last minute. And it's not, hey, everybody gets these same X number of dinners or meals. You pick the ones that you want from the menu that changes every month. Dinneraffair.com. Dinner dot com. Look, Brian does not have a vagina. And it's that reason uh, that CMT, I believe, did not pick up My Dirt Road Diary. Oh, boy. Well, if if Leslie's going to support you on CMT, you must have a vagina. And Luke okay. doesn't. Come on, Donna. Come on.
2: Okay. I don't agree with that, but okay. Let, Let me be perfectly clear. I don't agree with that.
0: Donna is going to break down the five episodes that she binged over the weekend of my Dirt Road Diary. Is that it? My dirt road,
2: my dirt road diary. Segment three,
0: that's coming up. But you wanted to add a Luke Bryan song to the Spotify Hype Song playlist.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna add um, "She Get Me High." She gets me high from Crash My Party. I love, 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 love. It's not a um, album. it's not a
0: release. Well, single. it's not a. I nor- never heard of. It.
2: No, my point is, it's not a normal Luke Bryan song. Um, it's just a good, it's fun, but it's like it's kind of away from the corn and whiskey and all that stuff. And I want to tell you, when we get to the segment about Luke Bryan, I have so much more respect for this man. I've always liked Luke Bryan as a person. Met him a couple of times, we've had the opportunity to work with him um, on a couple of things. He's a great guy, but my respect level went up immensely after watching this documentary. I've heard that from a lot of people too. He really it. put in the work, and I learned so many things about him that I didn't know. The documentary was really well done, but we'll talk about that later. But so that's what I meant. She get me high, crash my party. What about you?
0: Cool in the gang, mm. old school Joanna. Oh, I, I love it. Love you.
1: It's kind of like a, <clears throat> hmm. hmm.
0: I love you. Okay. Uh, Dee Dee has passed. Dee Dee was the uh, sax player, the original member of oh. Cool in the Gang. He was seventy, and the first thing that went to my mind is, was it COVID? And they're not saying, which means yes. One of my first introductions to radio was when I won the entire Cool in the Gang catalog on vinyl when I was like twelve.
2: How many albums was that? Uh,
0: like seven or eight, maybe.
2: Really? They come in a box.
0: So, Mom drove me to the radio station to pick up my bounty. About two hours round trip to charlotte and uh, to wbcy fm 108 and i could see the studio donna through the pane glass behind uh, where the receptionist sat where my bounty was delivered and i knew from that moment that that is what little high wants to do for the rest of his life radio. showmanship entertainment fun because they had a speaker like most radio stations do they had a speaker in the lobby so that if you're st- obviously they, they want to they want to make that connection with you in the studio and the personality that's on the air.
2: And it used to be such a big deal. Like now I'm sure it's not, there's probably no one up at the receptionist desk, but going into any radio station, they always had like all the call letters on the wall. There was a receptionist there and you're right. If you could get a little peek, you could maybe see like behind to the glass where people were recording every interview that I went on. It was almost intimidating, but it was just thrilling. Like I remember even going when I interviewed at V103, which is a huge urban station here. And I just remember when I was sitting out there, like mike from the mike and carol show morning show walked out and i was like oh my gosh
0: donna when i was here in atlanta back in 94 to interview for the first time for my job at the former kicks which is where i spent my entire career um i was sitting in the lobby sue flincham was the receptionist yeah um and i'm sitting in the lobby it's like 10 30 i flew in that morning had never flown before and moby Never met him, but had seen photographs and, and knew of his legacy. Moby was the morning man when I joined Kix. And, and, and for years and years and years, was the most successful morning show host this market has ever seen. And he, to this day, remains a very dear friend of ours. He and Mary Beth both. But uh, I remember sitting there. I'm 19. I got my glasses on and my little bowl cut. <coughs> getting ready to interview the largest country station in America at the time. And Moby, the door opens and Moby walks out with his little kicks, red, white, blue jacket his on. Jeans. And the little Yes, yes. And the his, little. Ba- his, his briefcase. That he would carry. It was a yep. soft brief- briefcase.
2: And he probably had a lot of gold jewelry because he had and those bracelets and stuff. I
0: remember he just looked at me and just smiled and, and nodded and went out the front door and on his way. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, my God, that was Moby in the morning. <laughs> that was Moby in the morning. I, I am in Moby's presence. I know. But he was such an influence to, to, to both of us. Yeah, in our careers, but that was a. I, it's we really we talked about
2: it's really funny because people have said to me before like why do you think radio personalities have such like leverage not leverage but kind of like they're so recognizable in the market when for the most of the time TV people are on TV and you don't see their faces. I think there's something very intimate about driving to work and being in a car every day. And having someone on your speaker And you almost get this relationship with them And then when Because I remember this would happen over and over again When I would do a remote When I was working in sales and remotes Where you would go out to a business And the personality would come out And people could come out and win prizes and meet them These people were like You would have thought that they were meeting Luke Bryan or someone they're like, oh my god, it's Moby And it's like, oh my gosh Where's Rhubard? Oh yeah, that became a huge issue
0: Um, I think some of it has to do with the fact that in radio You're you're, you're kind of incognito You know, it's not like uh, Jorge Estevez From Channel 2 right. If He goes to Whole Foods Everybody knows him uh, well, Not everybody But yeah. he's A lot of people Are going to recognize him yeah. People have said to me do, do people ever recognize you By your voice And it does happen Yeah Because there are people that, that don't know who I am Or what I look like maybe But if I'm at the grocery store And you going to have a conversation Or we're at a concert wherever. Um somebody will say i recognize your voice
2: yeah or are you we've had that before are yeah. you so and it's very it's, yeah. very, it, it's very nice it, it's truly truly nice people but always thought like you were I like 60 years old when you. they met right, you well because you have a very deep voice thank they you. were always surprised you were as young as you were
0: um has anyone seen donda
2: okay I, she's passed away what do we well, i the album okay all right
0: kanye's album has yet to drop and uh this Today's August 10th. If you're on up, if you're listening on upload day, and and this was supposed to drop at the first Kanye Mercedes-Benz Stadium listening party, which was I think at this point now three weeks ago, what other artist in the world can pull this stuff? Can pull this all, but can pull it without without a huge backlash from fans and, and from the music community and the media?
2: I was thinking the no same one. thing. Can you imagine if like Taylor Swift did this? How they would come after her?
0: It's coming Friday at midnight.
2: It's unbelievable. I, listen, three times now. We're done talking. now with Kanye. Yeah, we're not. We, we, we've 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 done it all. We've we've gotten to the bottom of we think how much he's paying we've asked all the important questions that we know you have too about his living conditions and everything now i will say this i did see a video where he wore this time he was like before he was like good kanye and this time I think he was like evil kanye because he had on like a black outfit and i forgot who did it maybe dolce gabbana anyway and they lifted him from the floor like jesus sort of Mm -hmm. Up to the top of the roof. Now I'm gonna tell you what was cool that I thought was gonna happen. I thought Arthur Blank was gonna hit the button and the roof was gonna open. And it was kind of like like almost like Arthur had told the people who were running the like button, you know, like because they were only gonna take him to the top of the ceiling. But I think Arthur was like, listen, open I, the ceiling. I got a plan. We can't get rid of this little fella. So when you push the button hit the retractable roof and let's send him on his way and then
0: shut it quickly and
2: then shut it down and put his stuff on the street because then he's officially out of the building and we can evict him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen.
0: If you see Donda reach out, closing ceremonies just wrapped for the Olympics in Tokyo. Do you remember when the Atlanta Olympics in 96 at the end, it was, it was tradition for the president of the international Olympic committee to, to basically say that your games were most exceptional.
2: Yeah, that little fellow that was so mean.
0: Juan Antonio something. Oh,
2: yeah. He was, was mean.
0: Do you remember, though, that in the Atlanta Olympics at the end, he didn't say that. I know. For the first time in the history of the, like, yeah. back to when the the, the, the Greeks wore, yeah. wore togas and, and threw javelins. Yeah. Back in the, whenever that was. Uh, that They they said back even then, most exceptional games. Atlanta in 96. Uh, we were snubbed. Best ever, is what he said.
2: He was a mean little fellow.
0: Here is the current IOC president, Thomas Bach, as he closed out the Olympics in Tokyo.
1: For the first time since the pandemic began, the entire world came together. Billions of people around the globe
0: were united by emotion, sharing moments of joy and inspiration. This gives us hope. This gives us faith in the future and now i have to mark the end of this most challenging olympic journey i declare the games of the 32nd olympiad closed what a historical moment in the world that the olympic games the summer games in 2001 which were delayed an entire year because of a worldwide pandemic 2021 21 thank you um are done but but these olympics i think will go down in the history books more so than any other because they were delayed a year the next olympics are only 6 months away
2: i know that's crazy
0: and the winter olympics in beijing and then uh the next summer games are in paris 2 years from now the usa did bring home the most golds and most yeah. total medals uh, medals overall uh usa the medal count uh, at the end of the olympics in tokyo usa number 1 china number 2 um uh, Russian Olympic Committee number three, Great Britain number four, Japan number five.
2: You know what sport I'm, I've fallen in love with throughout this whole thing is speed walking. I love those people who knew that was an Olympic sport. I do that all the time. Like where, when where do you speed walk? If I'm trying to get in, like target before someone else. Like if you see a family of ten coming, and you're like, I got to get in, I got to get in. You get around them. If you're at like Disney World, and you see, have you ever? You've got like maybe a fast pass, or you're trying to get in line. And then there's like a whole family, and they're coming in those matching Disney shirts with a stroller. You're like, you kind of give your that look to your spouse or your kids, like, gotta go. Put it in that speed walking gear, and you got to get around them. You know the other place that people do it? Our kids in the hall, or like at the pool when the lifeguard says, stop no running, stop running, and you're, mm. blow the whistle, yeah, because you're trying to get over the snack stand. I love it. That is my sport. I can do that, but you have to have like a certain movement. You you know got what two I mean? years to it's Paris. Heel, it's so. like heel ball, heel ball, heel ball. I got it. I'm going to start working on it today.
0: Some of the biggest stores in America are updating mask requirements. Uh, Walmart, Target, McDonald's, just uh, three of many that are. I want to read to you the Walgreens new mask policy, which appears to be pretty standard for most chains. And, and while they are suggesting mask coverings for the unvaccinated, they many are or I don't know of any right now as we, we sit here that are requiring a, your vax card to be presented for proof. Who do you think will be the first company to do that? The first business in America?
2: Uh, probably.
0: Based in Seattle.
2: Oh. Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks. I guarantee yes.
0: Starbucks will be the first.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, here's uh, Walgreens mask up mandate. Uh, employees, regardless of vaccination status, are required to mask up. Customers, employees who are not vaccinated are asked to continue wearing masks. Here's the problem with that. I'm not going to wear a mask if I'm unvaccinated. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to go into the store. Okay. And do my thing, and then walk back out. And wow. and
2: what? You have to be cognizant of mankind.
0: That's not what this is about, though. I'm I'm very cognizant of mankind. This that, that's not what this is all about.
2: I think Apple will require it too.
0: True. Yeah. So what we're seeing now are fake COVID vaccination cards that are popping up on sites like uh, is it Etsy? Etsy? Etsy. Um, some pro Trump. Forums, online, the dark web has them. Oh. And there's a, a a very large push here, quickly, to to make it a felony. Uh, in New York, there's legislation that has, has been introduced um, that will uh, start the process of making it a felony to forge or possess fake immunization records. And a lot of the enforcement on this is going to fall on the state's attorney generals in your individual state. How... Is there a class that you're going to go to, to to find out if you're at the door at, at Walgreens on Highway 9 in Mayfield and you used to be just a, a bagger or a stalker or something and now you've been added a task and that is to check vaccination cards at the door. Yeah. The expense to businesses for this. is incredible. While it seems very small.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a whole other lane. every
0: minute that you are open, your business is open, you're going to have to station someone at the front door.
2: Yeah, I mean it's to a, check vax cards. It's a whole nother lane for employment. You and put them
0: under a blue light to make sure you like put it's crazy. What, what do they call those things on the Georgia licenses or the driver's license? The hologram is that what they call The hologram. Uh, to, to double check and make sure that's well legit. there is
2: no hologram. There's no hologram on our on our vaccination card. Here's the thing too though. Do you understand that like we just read this like Walmart and I think this is an amazing thing. Walmart and Target right now are paying college at certain schools for people who come to work for them. That's how desperate. I mean, is it optics and they want to make it sound like they're Investing in education. Yes, obviously. But what's really behind it is trying to get workers to come to their company to work. People cannot find workers. So now, again, instead of having to find someone to watch the till, to unbox boxes, to price tag things. Inventory. Inventory. You've got to have this person check cards. Now, if the federal government comes up with like a bounty You know, like, okay, for every card, every fake card you turn in, you get like $500 off your taxes or something, or you get a card back, like you get a check back immediately. You're in. Or an Amazon gift card. I think people would do it. Turn people in. I would. I mean, even if yours looked real, I'd be like, that's fake. Listen, they're going to look real.
0: The ones that you can buy right now on Etsy, Etsy. I'm sure they look real. I'm sure that they would give even an expert.
2: Yeah, but see, that's They'd the problem That's the twice. problem we were talking about on the last podcast is you have to dial it back 90 steps to say they should have done a better job. It should look like a social security card or something, you know, something that is not quite as easy to knock off because right now it it, it is pretty easy. I mean, mine has like writing from like a, a pen type pencil of the woman who was there. You know, it's not like a stamp. It's not like it, it, there's nothing official. It's whoever was at the table giving you your juice and cookies and telling you to wait 15 minutes. That woman like scribbled out her thing on my card, you know?
0: So she's the last line of defense for you and your vaccination card.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: I want to spend a moment talking about the hypocrisy that was shown this weekend on Martha's uh, Martha's Vineyard with Barack Obama's 60th birthday celebration. This is hypocrisy at its finest. And this shows that they do not believe what they are saying. They being the left. They refuse to follow the same rules that they demand the rest of us follow. If you remember, there was quite an uproar about midweek last week, this party was Saturday night and, and president Obama and Mrs. Obama said, you know what? We're going to scale it down. We get it. President Biden, Obama's ex V warning the nation about the Delta variants and all the potential variants and, and, and this possible coronavirus resurgence. So I think the original number, Donna, was 750 people is, is, is the number that they were expecting that they wanted or were invited. They scaled that down. I've seen a couple of different numbers, because you know, but you know right now I'm gonna go with the highest number that I've seen. Of course, right?
2: <laughs> and Chrissy Teigen was there.
0: 475 is what I've seen.
2: That uh, seems high.
0: Many were pictured wearing masks In walking into this huge tent that they had erected behind their $9 million home. But photos that leaked from guests inside the tent at the event showed most not wearing masks. Hypocrisy at its finest. Did you see where Nancy Pelosi, she flew in from California to Martha's Vineyard? And the Secret Service are like, hey, Speaker, Speaker, we got your slot right here for, and Carr is going to take you straight to, to the party, President Obama's 60th birthday party. She's like, oh no, I'm not here for President Obama's party. Did you see this? I President follows politics and is in political circles. And um, um and, and she's like, no, no, I'm not here for Obama. I'm here for another party. Whose party? And she was not at President Obama's birthday party Saturday night. She was at another party party. But then? she was on Martha's Martha's Vineyard.
2: Is that it. strange? I think it's very interesting. Um,
0: the guest list of those that drank and smoked weed and cigars, maskless, and there were photographs of the guns being passed around.
2: No, there was the dan- not. Don,
0: I swear to God, on the dance floor. Okay, I'm not kidding. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Clooney, Jay Hud, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Jay Z, and Beyonce.
2: Well, maybe there was some. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Bradley Cooper took his daughter, I believe. Uh, Don Cheadle.
2: That could have been. That could have been his Jam date. Too. That could have been Bradley Cooper's That's date. That's
0: Algie Rhythm. What's that?
2: That could have been Bradley Cooper's date, not his daughter. Don Cheadle? No. The person you thought was his daughter Uh-oh. could have been his date. No, no, it was his daughter. Okay.
0: Uh, Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade, the Ball, Springsteen, Erykah Badu, Stephen Colbert, uh, John Kerry, some of the rumored celebrity guests at the Seaside Affair. There was also a story I saw that uh, Kerry, who was like the, the environmental czar for Biden or some shit, um, flew in on a private jet. Now, that. I've also seen that debunked that he did not, that he actually has a home on Martha's Vineyard and was already there. So he like just walked over. I
2: mean, all these stories. But Pelosi, I'm not, no, 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 no.
0: I'm going to park my jet over here. I'm not going to president. I'm going to another birthday party.
2: I wonder if somebody just threw a birthday party like to try to interrupt his birthday party.
0: Nearly $12 million estate that they uh, bought in 2019 after they had rented it for a while. It's about 7,000 square feet, seven bedrooms, eight and a half bathrooms. Uh, The menu for those partying maskless at Obama's 60th. Uh, top shelf liquor, cigars, s'mores, cocktails garnished with melted marshmallows, steak, chicken, and shrimp with rice, greens, and potatoes. And then they had uh, uh, a Mexican dish for dessert served by uh, one as well. A flan. Uh, brownies and watermelon slices served to staff and performers for dessert along with Mexican hot chocolate. That was it, Mexican hot chocolate. Okay. PG, right. what do you got? I know you, you are sitting on pins and needles over there. Pot your mic up and, and, and let's, com- let's, let's converse about this quickly.
1: Converse. Well, I'm with you on the hypocrisy stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but I also know celebrities aren't immune to the same thing we all go through, which is I'm in this room and I'm like super confident because all of these people are on the left, as, as you say, mm-hmm. that they've been vaccinated. I'm just going to take my mask off. I honestly and I think Donald will agree with me here. The real issue is why were their pictures taken? Exactly. Like usually at parties like this, leave your phone at the door. Yep. There's like a policy and don't let any camera people inside. Well,
0: here's what happened. The photos that were leaked uh, were from actually Erica Badu and
1: she's
2: trouble.
0: And the um, the the, the DJ spinning the hits, you know, that was hired. Now, they all did have to sign an NDA uh, going in. And part of it was no photographs. So these photographs have been taken down. And I know that uh, the DJ dude who posted many of them, including the, the marijuana, uh, smoking on the dance floor um, he, he said in a tweet Listen they reached out and asked me Not asked me they told me to remove the photographs So I'm having to do that they've been taken down But
2: Well yeah I mean you would think that I mean I hope he got paid he may want to check his Venmo account The money may have not made it over there yet I mean you can't post pictures I mean why would you do that
0: There's a New York Times reporter that's catching a lot of flack today Because I think on one of the uh, uh, Talk show Network talk shows yesterday she said that there was a very Sophisticated crowd and she's catching heat because the, everybody is saying that that refers to the uh, the uh, Martha Vineyard's crowd type. They're very sophisticated, meaning she was, was meaning that they are all vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That only the sophisticated crowd. Using some code words. Right, exactly, yeah. is, is mm-hmm. vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And she's catching a lot of heat, I think, as she should for saying that. Mm-hmm. What else she got, PT? Anything?
1: No, okay. stinks.
0: <laughs> Party and maskless.
2: I bet they were getting down.
0: Can you imagine that party? Oh my gosh. Top shelf liquor.
2: I'd love Cigars. it. Cigars.
0: And and Obama, he can move. Oh yeah. I mean, he can
2: move. He can dance. He oh, yeah. He
0: lo- he's a music fan.
2: Oh yeah. I'm sure it was awesome.
0: I'm headed up to see Donna Gallery Furniture and Games So after we get done with this uh, uh this episode. Always uh, you know, travel up there just to uh buy some pillows and lamps and things and say hello and, and thank them for their support of this podcast and thank them for thirty years of uh, listen, sometimes having a tough time as a, a small local business, but always giving um, back to the community. And, and Donna doesn't like for that to be talked about. And I, I shared a story recently that someone sent me a news article from the Gainesville paper um, that, that, that the Gainesville Fire Department needed some mattresses for their main firehouse. And Donna sent over a truckload of, of high-end, very nice, expensive mattresses. And the chief reached out and said, but Donna, listen, we, we can't afford those. We, we we appreciate it, but we need to go down a couple steps in the mattress. Basic yes, mattresses, Basic mattresses, Yeah. Uh, for the boys and girls at the firehouse. And Donna said, no, 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 I'm sending you those and then I, I don't want a penny from from the city. Uh, she learned how to do business by her father, the Wolfman, who was one of the best, but she also learned how to, um, to always keep the community in mind And she's done that for years since her father passed, 17 years ago. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donick Gallery Furniture.
1: Yeah,
2: it's that time we've been talking about it. Everybody, I see all over my timeline on Facebook and Instagram. Everyone's moving their kiddos into their new dorms. These dorms look amazing. Have you seen dorms nowadays compared to the way dorms look? Not since
0: we moved Will in. I mean, like, it's... We moved them out, actually. Especially
2: with girls. I mean, it's unbelievable. They take a dorm room and, like, make it look like a super high-end home. It's amazing. But in order to do that, you're going to need things. And I guarantee there are people listening to the podcast today that need furniture, need things that they have to take down to college. And they've sort of made some calls or looked around and nothing is in stock. If you go right now to Target, if you go to West Elm, any of these places, the shelves are empty because these college students have gone through and bought everything so if you need lamps if you need rugs if you're one of those that's in a position where you need a desk a console for a tv at school you know a small chair um, anything like that as you said before mattresses this is the place to go you can literally drive up to Gainesville today and you'll be on your way and have everything you need take a truck up there and get everything you need you can go straight to your dorm room take it there you're not going to have to wait You know, And this is the year where I think it's caught a lot of people by surprise Because people thought, are they going to move into dorms? Are they not? And then they're like, I can't get any of this furniture I can't get anything I need Donna still has it for you So take advantage of it
0: 16,000 square foot warehouse and showroom in Gainesville 1600 Browns Bridge Road Ask for the Wolfman, ask for Donna At Gallery Furniture Many enjoyed the Suicide Squad over the weekend It uh, was released like many of the uh, Big films now are being done And that is to the theater, but also at the same time to streaming, which was the case of Suicide Squad Went to the theater, but also to HBO Max um, I would prefer to watch it Any movie, I think in the comfort of my own home, right?
2: I don't know, I go back and forth I've talked about this before, I, I want my junior mints I need my popcorn, I like to put my feet up Because I think you're not like, you're trapped Whether the movie's good or bad You're trapped for that time period You can't go let your dog out, you can't be like, you know what This isn't going so great, I'm going to pause it, I'll come back to it I mean, I think that's what happens when I know for us, when we watch movies at home it has to grab our attention within the first yeah. twelve minutes or we're like, eh. But if you go to the movies, you're kind of like it's sort of like you with um Space Jam. You're you're Bleh. stuck. Yeah, but I mean you're kinda of stuck there. Yeah.
0: Suicide Squad had the second most viewed opening for any film, uh, premiering day of on HBO Max. Mortal Kombat is Remains number one. I don't know anything about either of those movies. Just not in our
2: wheelhouse. You know what I find is interesting is I was watching TV. I guess the last night or the night before, and there was um, an Applebee's commercial, and they're giving away tickets to see the Jungle Cruise, and to, in the movie theater, and you can get like dinner and a movie. But like the Jungle Cruise is another one that's available right now in your house. So it's kind of like I'm thinking, when did they greenlight this? Promotion. It probably had to be a while back before all these movies started streaming. I'm sure when they did it, they were like, "Oh, this is a huge promotion. We've got well, the, the theater, Rock, and well, you know, the
0: theaters want you in the theater because they're right. selling you a seven dollar Coca Cola that right. they've got three uh, nickel in, if that. You know, for some syrup. And carbonation yeah,
2: I mean, it just didn't hit. Cup. It didn't hit the same because you're like, well, I can watch that at home. Why don't you think about there? Suicide Squad? Pt.
1: Um, it was okay. Uh, If you've watched other superhero movies and you're like, oh, I'll take the kids to this. It'll be a good time. Don't do that. Uh It is horrifically violent. Oh, all right. Like more so than most Tarantino movies I've seen. But it was but it was okay. Just don't take the kids
0: theater or at home for you.
1: I watched it at home. There's no way I'm going to a theater for that. Yeah.
0: Melissa in Tampa is a poppy for this episode of the My Second Night podcast. Melissa and her husband are in Tampa and they shipped us a Bucky's throw.
2: I loved that. Well, they sent us so many pictures from Bucky's. And the most fascinating picture that they sent from Bucky's is how much. Bucky's pays their employees. It was 20, incredible.
0: 24 bucks an hour.
2: I think so, yeah. For just regular, like, you know, people that like wrap up the fudge and stuff and and <laughs> and in like blankets and stuff. It was crazy.
0: Melissa wrote, uh, thank you for recommending the Dirt Road Diaries. We loved it. Watched all the episodes in one sitting. I cried and laughed at the same moment. He's a great guy. Um, Luke Bryan on IMDB TV.
2: Which indeed. took me a little bit of time to find. Did indeed, indeed, yeah. But I found I it. I gave up. Well, yes. Um,
0: I hadn't watched a single episode, but you watched all of them.
2: Yeah, I watched it all. Um, You go to Amazon Prime, and IMDb is one of the channels on Amazon Prime. And then you go to that channel, and then you can watch it. It was super easy once I got in it. Your takeaways. I just, I thought it was great. I um, got a minute and a half. Okay. Whatever. Uh, You know what? A couple things. Luke paid his dues, and I never realized that. He's another one. I know... um, I know Kenny Chesney kind of picked up the guitar later in life. And he is is set, he thought that he needed to do that because he got bored, which is kind of being the front guy on stage and everybody else playing instruments. And I think during the time of kind of the bro country and everything that was going on, he felt like that would almost legitimize him, if that makes sense, like to to play an instrument. Luke, I did not realize this. I knew he started playing bars at, you know, Georgia Southern. In Statesboro. In Statesboro. But I didn't realize that he grew up learning in his bedroom like how to play the guitar he played the piano how to play you know he sang musical theater in high school and was amazing they said he, he he could have gone on to make that a career he was really really good at it um his dad was a peanut farmer and he would work like really long hours on the peanut farm and then he would ask his dad at the end of the day hey Tommy, can I, yeah can i go a Good old boy good i mean old boy. Good, that was another thing such a good old boy but he said can i go play some some gigs And so he would go play bars, you know, around there. Um, His best friend from high school is still the lead guitarist in the band today. Um, And they started playing out in bars at Statesboro and around that area. You know, the tragedy that we've talked about a little bit that this family endured, it was it was unbelievable, unfathomable that this family could go through that much Heartache. His brother Chris died in a car accident um, in 1996. They had gone to a concert. I believe it was Hank Williams Jr. And um, Luke was dating someone, and Chris's brother was dating someone. And they came out of the concert, and Chris went to a Halloween party. And the girl um, that he was dating was driving the car and overcorrected. They hit a tree. Both of them um, passed away. That was in 1996. His brother um, Chris was a huge country music fan huge and just always encouraging Luke and you know there was a kind of an age gap between Chris and Kelly his sister and Luke and so at times Chris and Kelly were almost more like parents to him because his mom was working a lot his dad was working on the farm so like they had said in here that you know Kelly his sister would go and buy him clothes she would take him back to school shopping she would take him to dentist appointments and to the orthodontist I mean she was really operating as kind of the de facto mom at the time and um so the brother passed away. Luke was heading to Nashville with his friend the next day. Um, and he ended up staying. And he canceled his trip because he said, I needed to be at home with my family. So he was
0: going to Nashville to pursue. To move. Yeah. The, the yeah. songwriting, country music.
2: And his mom, LeClaire, said something that, you know, I think is very interesting. Anytime you've endured a tragedy like that, she did not want to let him out of her sight. And she said it, she she actually probably stunted him a little bit because she wouldn't let him go anywhere because she was so afraid of losing another child. And when he decided to finally move to Nashville, he went and talked to his dad. He was working all the time on the peanut farm. He had gone back to school um, and he was still playing a few gigs. But his dad one day came to him and said, you need to go. And he had gotten offered a job where he was going to be kind of like a, a person who went around and sold tractor equipment. And he, he laughed about it. He'd gotten a brand new truck and a, you know a salary and benefits. And it was the best opportunity he had. And at that moment, his dad said, you need to move.
0: If you have not checked it out, do so in the next uh, couple of days because at the top of the next episode of the My Second Act podcast, Donna is going to continue notes from the uh, My Dirt Road Diaries docu series with uh, Luke Bryan, uh, including his publishing deal. Carrie uh, Edwards is his manager and has been since day one, and we have a couple of Carrie stories we're going to share. I also want to work in a Mama Leclerc story, and we'll do that on next episode. Uh, I, you've heard me say before, maybe that the, the way to any country artist is through their mom and during my entire career in radio, that's what I would do. I would befriend the moms of the artists, and then you get an open door, all access lane to their child, um, and it was always interesting how that worked for me uh, with Luke Bryan, especially with Mama LeClaire, who became a very, very, dear friend of ours. Uh, and Mike Monaco, you're gonna give us some insight into Mike Monaco, who um, did this entire series. He was the videographer Sadulous. who has been with Luke since day one. Ten some years. of the footage in one of the episodes is actually from the studio, uh, when Luke was on the morning show that I hosted.
2: Yeah it was great. Ten years. And I remember Michael coming in. Yeah.
0: So that's all in the next episode of the My Second Night Podcast. Plus, we're going to do a round of You Can't Beat Jack. A 20-second pop culture trivia showdown with Paula Holler, a super spreader pod peep in North Carolina. Last time we played, it was Bragg Vaughn. And if you recall, uh, Bragg won. And
2: Unbelievable. So he took you down to the mat.
0: Thirteen and one record went to 0-1, thanks to Brad. Audio for this episode from the International Olympic Committee. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode... Of the My Second Act podcast, produced by Preston Thompson, host of the Georgia Politics Podcast and the Drafted Podcast. Both are produced through the Appen Podcast Network, as are we. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, part of the Appen Podcast Network.